1 John chapter 1, verse 7. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. Where we left off last week. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light, just as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now let's turn over to uh, our main scripture for this series, Romans chapter 3, verse 25. I'm going to read just for context, 23... Uh, through 26, and then we'll focus on verse 25. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. Literally, it means mercy seat. Through faith in his blood. So he set uh, Jesus to be a mercy seat through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins. That's not forgiveness, but that's actually remission of sins. That's a, a totally expungement or totally taken away, a removal of sins uh, that are passed through the forbearance or the mercy or patience of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Isn't that good? That he might be just and the justifier. In other words, there is a righteous requirement from the law. There is a righteous requirement in existence. And Jesus, uh, in order to be just, he had to fulfill, that righteous requirement had to be fulfilled. So we're talking about faith in the blood of Jesus. Well, you could talk, say we're just talking about faith in Jesus or faith in Christ or faith in the Word because you actually can't have faith in Him if you don't have faith in His blood. In other words, you have to understand the power of the blood. The power of the blood. Remember we talked about a few weeks ago, I think we were outside, we talked about uh, that in the most holy place where the priest would go in the tabernacle, which was just like a man-made um, uh, building at one point and also a traveling a, a tent and different things, uh, that man-made according to God's direction, it was not the real uh, holy of holies. It was just a temporary uh, place where God could dwell uh, until man really was remade. Because we are the temple of the living God, right? Uh, he comes to live and to um, make his home in believers. That means if you're a believer, God lives in you this morning. That means you're, not, you're never alone. And you're never without wisdom. And you're never without power. 
Remember 1 John 4, I think it's 4, 4. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Whoever's in the world, and boy, he likes to show his head lately, doesn't he? But he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. You know, in the last days, even if it's possible, even some of the elect would be deceived. So we shouldn't be that shocked that so many people are so deceived. And that uh, truth and uh, justice are not even things that people really want to consider. Right? Well, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And faith in Christ, you're not going to have faith in Christ if you don't have faith in his blood. Well, if you have faith in him... Uh, it will change how you think, and it will change how you live, and it'll change what you say, and it'll change your perspective. You know, um, some people struggle with um, struggle is the key word with with pride. I didn't say some people have to deal with pride. Every person has to deal with pride. (laughs) The pride of life. You know. um, All kind of pride. Uh, But if 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 you're challenged with pride, you need to focus on the blood of Jesus. If you recognize the power of his blood. You know, if it weren't for the blood of Jesus, I wouldn't feel worthy to talk to you about the blood of Jesus. And it's kind of comical, but I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, the blood of Jesus is a sacred thing. So it's actually, uh, when, when you talk about the blood, the blood gives us atonement. The blood gives us salvation. The blood rescues us. The blood redeems us. And the blood gives us the very life of Jesus in us. That is how we are recreated. And so the blood of Jesus or Jesus' death, just in his death, well, that was powerful. But if he did not raise from the dead, the Holy Spirit said through Paul, then everything we believe and teach is in vain. But hallelujah, he rose from the dead. Uh, actually, literally in the Bible, it says he, he was uh, raised from among the dead. He's raised from the dead. Well, that was the mightiest working of God that, that has ever occurred. The reason that was the mightiest working of God that has ever occurred is because of his blood. When we have faith in his blood, we are connected to the resurrection life that brought him out of the grave. Right? It's faith in the blood. And so uh, the blood and Jesus dying on the cross, it's not really about the um, cessation of his natural life. Yet his natural life had to end so that he could take his own blood into the true holy place and offer it there one time for all mankind. That like, in other words, you don't have to take the blood, I don't have to take the blood. Yet in our own um, uh, self-focusedness, or you could use the word pride if you want, or arrogance, or, uh, you know, just, when you try to reason stuff out and you're like, well, this is how I got it, I got it figured out, I understand it now. 
I won't accept it if I can't understand it. That is pride. Um, but thank God we don't have to be full of pride. We don't have to let pride dominate us. Why? Because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Well, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Aren't you glad the word is so specific? Didn't you just say humble yourself? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So I'm not looking, I'm not looking to say like, you know, uh, I have to humble myself under this person or that person per se. You know, submit one to another. Uh, that's in the Bible too. Just use that with the, with, the, with the husband that's always saying, submit, submit, submit. What about this humble one? <laughs> humble yourselves one to another. Well, the husband is the head of the home. The Bible does not say that the man is the head of the woman. That's not biblical. That's not in the Bible. But what's in the Bible is the husband uh, is the head of the wife. So there is a submission there. Uh, but that's pretty easy to submit to if the husband's acting on the word. Because husbands, Ephesians chapter 5, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. How would you like to submit to Jesus Christ and his love? Well, how would you like to submit to a man or a husband, if you're a woman, that is um, acting just like Jesus? Well, that seems like you'd almost be attracted to submission. That sounds pretty attractive, right? Well, for the ladies, then it says, and let, let, let the, the, the wife see that she respects the husband. So some of the, some of the biggest challenges in marriage can be fixed by Ephesians chapter 5, believing it and acting on it. You know, wives respect your husbands in the Lord, and husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church. Uh, but selfishness and pride will kind of like, well, but I have to have my say, and I have to say this, and I have to get the last word. And, you know, uh, no, you really don't have to. And if you take the last word, you might wish you didn't later. It might feel good. It does feel good on the flesh at the moment. But, boy, uh, you don't like the long-term results of that. So the blood of Jesus... Uh, actually uh, frees us from selfish pride. Because when you see what he did and you begin to recognize and you begin to magnify the blood, that means what? I'm thinking about the blood and I'm talking about the blood. That the blood of Jesus set me free from selfish pride. Look what he did. And so uh, we come by the blood. So it's not really... Uh, the taking out of bad things. You know, um, Pastor Mark Hankins and his wife, uh, Pastor Trina Hankins, they have um, two kids and several grandchildren. I don't know how many. I'd have to count it up. Um, but uh, I'm not going to do that right now. And uh, one of their, they have a set of twins, uh, Caleb and Alicia's kids. And uh, one of the twins, the boy, uh, Dylan is his name, he got diagnosed with leukemia about uh, four years ago, I think it was, thereabouts. And um, so, uh, you know, they, of course, prayed and looked to the Lord. And one of the things they felt like they needed to do was, uh, you know, uh, 
also consult with the doctors, so they did that. And so, uh, you know, praise the Lord, he went into remission, everything good. And about uh, a year later, not after the four years, maybe a year after he was initially diagnosed, boy, that thing came back with a vengeance. So they had, like, uh, gone through some treatments uh, to try to cleanse the blood. I don't remember if he did some chemo at the first point or whatever. I think he might have. And, um, you know, but then that thing came back. And uh, so Pastor Mark said, he said to the doctors, he said, I thought, you know, because they had prayed and everything, and the doctors came back and said, it is in remission. And he said, I thought you said this was in remission. Now, if you don't know Pastor Mark very well, he's very feisty. So if you tell him something, he's going to like <laughs> come after you with it. So he came after the doctors. And uh, they had one of the best specialists in the whole nation down in uh, New Orleans, and uh, the doctor said that, um, well, there's multiple kinds of remission. And the only kind of remission where it never comes back is if you have molecular remission. In other words, down to the molecular level that the cancer's in remission, it can't come back. So they said, really what we want to do is we want to do a, a bone marrow transplant. We want to change his stem cells out, right? And so, uh, well, in order to do that, they had to have a uh, bone marrow donor. And so uh, the family got tested, and his older brother, Gavin, actually was a great match. And so at first, Gavin was a little bit <laughs> hesitant. <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to do that. I love him and all, but, you know. Uh, but once they explained it to him, you know. So he went in, and uh, long story short, he had a bone marrow transplant. So uh, the, those bone marrows, your stem cells, it's the soft uh, part inside your bone. And so they replaced all of those stem cells. So what they did is they kind of put him in a state or whatever, and then they, they basically, I think, radiated him or chemotherapy or something like that. And when they did, it killed all of those stem cells, which is the source of the blood. And then they put his older brother's Gavin stem cells in his place. Well, when they did that... They said before they did it, whatever personality Gavin has, Dylan will have. If Gavin's hair is a different color, Dylan will take on the same color as Gavin's hair. Because it's like the building block of everything he is. So the source of the blood affected everything about the individual. And so, uh, you know... Uh, he has molecular remission now, and he's doing just fine. But he likes things that Gavin likes. <laughs> in fact, the doctor, before he went in for this uh, procedure, uh, the doctor said um, to Dylan, say goodbye. Because when you come back, you're not going to be the same Dylan anymore. Well, you don't want anybody to have to go through anything like that, but we're so thankful that he's alive and healthy and doing well. But what an illustration of the power of blood. You remember like this holy place or this most holy place, the high priest would go in once a year and that he would go in with great fear and trembling. And only, the Bible says in Hebrews, only with blood. He could only come in with blood. So when we're talking about 
Why? He's coming into the presence of God. And there was the Ark of the Covenant. We talked about what was in it and everything. We don't want to go back to that right now. But the Ark of the Covenant had two cherubim over it with, with their wings outstretched. And then that is the place that the priest would sprinkle the blood. And interestingly enough, God said, I will meet with you at that mercy seat. That's called the mercy seat. And this is where I will meet with you, where the blood is sprinkled. Well, you know, the priest went in and that with the blood of an animal. And that was just foreshadowing or, you know, kind of driving that home like the only way is with blood. Remember Cain and Abel? One's uh, offering was accepted and the other was rejected. You know, Abel's offering uh, was a sacrifice with blood. And his was accepted. In fact, he's in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, the great faith chapter, where we read about all of these people who were so messed up. But... They live by faith, and they acted in faith. You look at there, you know, there's a prostitute in there? Right? So sometimes we're like, well, if I can just like, you know, let, let me just do everything perfect, and then when, when, you know, about an hour later when we don't do everything perfect, we're all discouraged and everything. That is not being conscious of the blood. Uh, that's trying to come through what we can do. No, there had to be a sacrifice for us to come in. And that was Christ himself. He was as a lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. So before everything started, God had, you know, some people say, well, you know, God's not very smart because, you know, didn't, why did he let men do this and all this type of stuff? Didn't he know? Yes, of course he knew. That's why Jesus was as a lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. So before the earth was founded, he already was as a lamb slain. And so when you talk about the blood of Jesus, you are talking about an eternal reality, an eternal subject, and coming in contact with eternity. So when we approach with the blood, we're approaching eternal things. So in that, at that mercy seat, that's where the blood of Jesus was poured out, and God said, the real mercy seat, and I will meet you at that place. So if the priest wanted to like go into the presence of God, and how much would that have been? He was the only one that could go, right? The high priest, and that just one time a year. So he must have really looked, I would have, if I was him, I would have really looked forward to that day. I probably would have had a lot of fear about it as well, but I would have had great anticipation. So this is the day I'm going to go into the presence of God. But the only way I can go is with blood. Well, uh, Jesus, through faith in his blood, that is our mercy seat today, or that is our meeting place with God. And that is not just once a year for one man. That is any moment, any time for anyone, man, woman, young or old. You come how? By the blood of Jesus. Remember the Pharisee and the publican praying? The Pharisee said, oh, Lord, I thank you. You know, something like this. I'm paraphrasing it big time. I thank you, you know, that I give a tenth of everything, and I do this, and I do that. And uh, the publican said, uh, 
uh, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, that publican went away um, justified. Why? Because the publican came by the mercy seat. Yet the Pharisee came thinking and boasting about what he had done and how perfect he was. So he's looking at, of course God loves me because I do everything right. I mean, there's so many things wrong with that statement. (laughs) No, God loves you because he is love and you can approach him because Jesus did everything right. And it's because of his blood. Now, I want to read to you um, from Carpenter's translation uh, of uh, Romans chapter 3, verse, uh, I think, 25 and 26. It's really hard to tell because it's such a long paraphrase. Um, Christ ransomed us. God meant it to be so. In the old tabernacle, there was the mercy seat with the two cherubim of glory on either side, making an arch of angel wings. The high priest on the solemn day of atonement, when he pleaded for the sin of the whole people, sprinkled this mercy seat with sacrificial blood. Thus it was held, thus it was held, could sinful man draw near to God. The blood of sacrifice was his warrant of approach. In other words, the way he could approach was uh, this uh, blood of the sacrifice. We know, of course, that the blood of a slain animal is nothing. But our Lord, by his sacrifice, has made for us a way into the pardoning grace of God. Right? If I could just get in there. He was a truly spiritual sacrifice. His blood shed on the cross is the red seal of it. There is the true mercy seat and the power of faith in such, or excuse me, is such that by faith a man can unite himself with the divine victim. The power of faith is such that you can unite yourself by faith, with Jesus, the victim. Right? So you connect with that his death by faith. And that uh, in that union, you can enter into the blessed state of at-one-ment with the Father. Atonement, he's making a play on the words atonement. At-one-ment with the Father. So by that, you can come uh, into a place where you're one with God. Now... Why was this uh, extremity of sacrifice required? Why could not God simply proclaim that he had forgiven all sin? Why? Because that would have been wholly unspiritual, mechanical, meaningless, like moving a lever or turning a tap. Forgiveness is a spiritual thing. It demands will or purpose in the giver and the receiver. To announce a wholesale forgiveness would have been quite futile and wholly unworthy of the divine righteousness. You see, it was like this. Mankind had sinned and sinned and sinned, and the whole face of human history was black with the tale of his iniquity. 
And God had done nothing so far as could be seen. And man began to say, God doesn't care. This is still his paraphrase of this verse. You thought I used a lot of words. <laughs> you thought the Amplified used a lot of words. No. Okay. Well, here in the cross is the supreme sign that God does care. Sin is a thing so dreadful that it has brought God and his son to this. Not someone else, mind you, other than God bearing a punishment inflicted by an offended deity, but God the Son, in whom the Father lives and feels and demonstrates his love and mercy. The cross exhibits, as we all know, the love of God. Yes, but it also manifests his righteousness. God could not pretend that sin was anything but hateful. It was hateful, and it had become to man an intolerable burden. Man could not bear it. Very well, God will himself bear it. This vindicates divine justice, and it opens a door of faith through which sinful man can enter and can separate himself from his own sin and be reunited with his God. So through faith in the blood, we can separate ourselves from our own sin and our own inability. When we have faith in the blood. But you know, the, the Pharisee, no matter how hard he tried, in fact, the more he talked, the more he dug his hole. You know, put out his chest. and I thank you. I thank thee. You have to do it in King James. I thank thee that I am not like other men, like this man over here. Look at how horrible he is. I see it. Don't you see it? Yet that other man just came by the mercy of God. And the blood of Jesus is the mercy of God. And the mercy seat is where we meet with him. We come by the mercy seat. So you're not going to meet with God if you don't come by the mercy seat. You might call it prayer, uh, but you're not in the presence of God. And if you ever enter into God's presence, there is fullness of joy there. There are blessings forever and forever in the presence of God. And when you get into the presence of God, all of the troubles that are around you or the thoughts that are, are trying to get your attention and take your time and take your money and all of these things, all of those things... They take their proper place in the presence of God. But you cannot get into the presence of God without the blood of Jesus. You cannot approach God without that blood. It is not possible. But if you come with the blood, it really doesn't matter what you did last night. It really doesn't matter how many times you failed at trying to accomplish this or trying to give this up or give that up. Really, you, shouldn't, you should stop trying to give up addictions. You should just receive the life of Jesus Christ and it will drive out 
every addictive power and force. If you receive the life of Jesus through the blood of Jesus and you live like it and you talk like it and you believe like it, before you uh, realize it, you'll look back and forget what kind of person you used to be. Because you have changed the source of the blood that affects the personality and affects the features and affects everything about you. Because you went to the source and you got new blood. You think like if, I, if I'm like, well, Lord, I've done this or maybe, Lord, I didn't do that. I know I should have. And I, I should have done that. And I should have done that. I'm like trying to get rid of leukemia and keep my own blood. But if I say, Lord, I just receive what you did. Just, you know, that you, when, when Jesus died on the cross, that he zapped all that other stuff. And he changed every stem cell out. So now I am a different man. Can you imagine if, if we could find a place in the word that said that everybody that would unite themselves with Christ would just get a brand new fresh start and they'd have a life uh, just like God's life and, and it, was, it was brand new, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in union with Christ. He is a new creature. Old things have passed away. I love this. I got this revelation maybe when we first started the church, about a year after we started the church, when I was preaching on that verse. Behold, all things have become new. You realize you have to behold them. Like, so you're going to behold your addiction or behold your difficulty. In other words, this is what you're thinking about. This is what you're talking about. This is what you're Googling. This is, this is the atmosphere, uh, the stench that's around you is this thing that has dominated you for years and years. But actually, if you would act on the word, stop going back to your past, stop talking your past, stop thinking your past, just go to the word, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, that is a technical term for a union that has occurred so that now the life of the one flows into the life of the other. You talk about, we have a better covenant. We have a better agreement established upon better promises and the blood that was shed for this covenant is an eternal blood of the Son of God. When you come into covenant... Always, 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 the weaknesses of the lesser are consumed by the strength of the stronger. Like if I'm like in the old days, the tribes and everything like that, maybe still some backwoods, if I want to be protected and I want things to go well, I'm going to find one that has more power with me and I'm going to cut a blood covenant with them. There's going to be shed blood. We're going to walk between the pieces in a shape of infinity like forever. This is forever. And when we do that, I know if I need anything, they're coming to my rescue. Well, this is what Jesus did. Right? So where you can't do it, he's already done it. 
where you don't have ability, you know, doesn't, the Bible does not say be strong. The Bible says be strong in the Lord. It's fine to look in the mirror. There's a mirror. It's fine. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> it's fine to look in the mirror and think, man, that dude is weak. But you better look in the mirror and say, you know, there's a whole lot more to that dude than just the physical appearance that I see. There is a greater one living on the inside of him. He has been recreated in Christ Jesus. Right after you did something wrong. For good works. I have been created for good works. You understand what I'm saying? You can say, Lord, and sometimes you need to. Lord, without you, I am nothing. But with you. Look what you have made me. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. That's an old thing. The devil is trying to bring it back. That's an old thing. You realize God said, he said it. I will forgive you. I will remove your sins from you. I, even I, am he that blotteth out your sins and your iniquities. I will remember no more. Another place says he cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Well, the devil may bring them back. And you may try to think back and you got these images and everything like that. But think of the power of the blood of Jesus that in the, the true holy of holies, in the true court of heaven, in true righteousness and true justice, when God looks at you, he doesn't remember because he has removed them. How far did he remove them? I suppose as far as it's possible and as far as God has the ability and the power to remove your sins from you, he has removed them. Well, if he's not thinking about him when he sees you, when you come to him, why, why do we sometimes bring him up? Because right? we're so uh, flesh conscious and failure conscious. That's fine. You fail. 1 John 1, 9. If we walk in the light as he is in the light... What? We have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Well, if I'm going to walk in that, and I, especially if I've already talked to the Lord about it and said, Lord, forgive me for that. Well, I'm not walking in the light as he is in the light. I am walking in darkness. And how great is that darkness? But if we walk in the light, just as he is in the light... Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life. That is the Greek word zoe. It means the same life that God has. And the same nature that God has. Jesus came that we would have this life and have it more abundantly. So his method, his strategy, 
his tactics to fix the problem of sin is not for you to stop sinning because of your own strength or to be disciplined so you can stop sinning. His method is to change your nature and give you his nature so that when you receive Jesus, you no longer have a sinning nature. Your nature, your makeup, your heritage, your bloodline from your eternal family is not a bloodline of messing up and failing and murdering people and hating people and hurting people, you know, and destroying things. Your bloodline is a bloodline of life and strength. All healing is spiritual. Divine healing. Well, if you receive what he did on the cross, if you receive the Lord's table, that his body was broken for you, that your body, your earthly body, your flesh body could have life and not have death, well, faith in the blood and faith in the stripes of Jesus will fix your natural body. It'll make your body come in line. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. So, uh, number one, you have to know about the blood. If you don't know about the blood, how can you appropriate the blood? So we have to know about the blood. But then number two, you have to Take the blood, and you have to apply the blood. You know, in the Old Covenant, they would apply the blood, remember, uh, before the death angel would come, they applied it on the doorposts of their home, right? And they did it with hyssop. Well, uh, you know, in the New Testament, our tongue is the hyssop, and we apply the blood over the doorposts of our life with our tongue. In other words, instead of just thinking it, we actually speak it that the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. That the blood of Jesus, I like Grace Ryerson Ruth, she has this little book, the blood of Jesus is my divine covering and protection against all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The blood of Jesus is alive, it is so full of life and grace, it perfects that which concerns me, reconciling everything in me to the perfect will of God every day and in every way. When somebody says, I plead the blood, they could just be saying, I plead the blood, and it could be no more than words coming out of someone's mouth. But let me tell you, if you have from your heart and you are declaring, no, in that situation, I see the power of the blood of Jesus. Over those children of mine, I see the blood of Jesus. For every mistake, every problem, every bad decision, I see the blood of Jesus that the price that was paid by his blood for them to come and be close to you, not only part of your family, but a, a, a koinonia, a fellowship, a closeness, that the blood of Jesus, I pleaded over my children, I pleaded over my parents, I pleaded over my place of business, I pleaded over my nation, I pleaded over the Democrats, I pleaded over the Republicans, I pleaded over the Libertarians, I pleaded over all the crazy people. What? The blood of Jesus. 
It's by the blood. So the more you focus on the blood, the less you focus on you. And the more you focus on him. And the more you focus on him, the more everything goes into its proper, um, the more clearly you see and the more accurately you see how things really are. Well, I'll tell you right now, most of the people that are on the news don't know the blood of Jesus and they don't know about the blood of Jesus and therefore they do not see accurately. And they do not judge accurately. You have to come by the blood. And the, the blood is much uh, deeper and much stronger and much more important than your politics. Because we have had such tremendous freedom in this nation for so many years. But you know, uh, uh, that doesn't mean we always will. But the church, the good thing is, if you look at the history, when the church is persecuted, when people try to shut down the voice of the church, they're actually propagating it more than when they're not. So if the devil wants to get a hold of uh, the Democrats, Republicans, whatever party he wants to get a hold of, and he, want, and he gets a hold of uh, people in both, uh, uh, you know, but um, I don't really uh, necessarily really want to get political because to me it's not political, it's antichrist spirit that's in the earth, and it is trying to destroy, steal, kill, and destroy. Right? So I'm not going to be associated with any party that's stealing, killing, and destroying. I don't care what party you call yourself. But it, it, it's the government shall be on the shoulders of Christ. So, uh, you know, yeah, we need people that will serve in government and do all of those things, which is very important because it gives uh, people in positions of authority, especially that know the Lord and follow the Holy Spirit, uh, man, you give the Lord great access. Uh, but every individual needs to lift up our nation, needs to pray, and needs to focus on the power of the blood of Jesus. Because no matter what party uh, does what or does this or does that, um, our kingdom is not of this world. Uh, let's stand. So it's by the blood that we get into his presence. And uh, as you're praying for the nation this week, uh, just come by the blood. Bring the blood. Come with blood. You see the reaction that you get from God when you come with blood. You might plan some extra time. <laughs> you come by the blood, man, you're like, there is no place I'd rather be. Just right here in your presence. Uh, Kenneth Hagin, father in the faith to me, you know, uh, the Lord used him in so many ways, and, uh, you know, they had that prayer school there for years, and they, I guess they still have it there in Tulsa. 
And one of the reasons it was first started was really to pray for the nation. The Lord put it on his heart. And uh, they were praying there. And um, uh, even before that, they were praying. And, um, you know, the Lord spoke to him while he was praying and said, concerning uh, Richard Nixon's uh, resignation, he said, I'm not going to hold Richard Nixon responsible for this. I hold my church responsible because they didn't pray like they should. So, you know, those people in positions of authority, uh, there's a lot of forces that come against, uh, demonic forces, that come against uh, those uh, in those earthly positions of authority. And so it's really important for us to pray. So there's lots of people in lots of positions of authority right now, uh, election officials and, and, you know, and then different uh, politicians, people like that serving, and, um, you know, the police, law enforcement. Uh, I don't want to go down that route because there's so many people to pray for. But I just encourage you, come by the blood and then yield your tongue to the Lord so he can use you to accomplish his will. He wants to do some things in this nation and around the world, but if people don't give him access, if we don't give him access through our allowing him to speak through us, what he wants spoken, to ask him for things he wants us to ask him for, uh, then uh, it's not going to happen. He's tied himself to us. Jesus, right before he ascended, remember he said, I give you authority. Go. Right? So uh, I just think he has more faith uh, in us than we do in ourselves. Are you serious? You're perfect and you turned everything over to us? Yeah, because he knows you. He believes in you. He knows what kind of person you are. That you will follow him. That you will love him. Yeah, you might stumble a few places here and there. But you'll get back up and let him do what only he could do. Let him help you the only way he can help you. Right? He is the strength of your life. Your portion. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We come into your presence right now by that blood. We thank you for all that that blood contains and all that that blood means and all that that blood has done. We thank you for access to you, to the most uh, intimate parts of who you are, that you walk with us and talk with us, Father, by the blood. Father, we thank you for the blood. We thank you that Jesus died for us that you raised him again on the third day, that he's seated at your right hand now, and that you sent your spirit, that we could be near to you and communicate with you and walk with you and learn of you. Thank you that he teaches us all things and shows us uh, what you want us to see, that he even shows us things to come. Father, we plead the precious blood of your son over our nation, over this time right now of... uh, 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 seeming chaos and uh, um, all of the things that are going on, all of the motives, Father, of different people and different things and really different spirits. We come against the spirit of Antichrist trying to um, rule before his time. Uh, Father, we plead the blood over the president, the vice president, uh, all the members of the cabinet, 
We plead the blood over the Supreme Court, all of the nine justices of the Supreme Court. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over the legislatures, all 435 House members, Father, uh, all 100 senators and congressmen, all of, all of those uh, political leaders in our nation. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over our military uh, and all of the military leaders. Father, we pray that truth and justice would come into the light and be seen and known. Father, we pray that all of the tactics that the devil and his uh, demons have inspired uh, men and women uh, to commit, uh, to bring dishonesty, we pray that those would come into the light, that every hidden thing would be revealed, just like your word says. Father, we pray for uh, a great awakening uh, in our nation, amongst our leaders, at every level, in every party. Father, that every, every leader who has uh, succumbed uh, to the blindness that the devil brings, that they would wake up and that you'd grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may escape the snare of the enemy, that we as a nation escape the snare of the enemy. Father, I pray for every believer that walks in the light as Jesus is in the light, as you are in the light. Father, I pray for every one of us that you'll give us boldness to speak uh, and that you'll give us words that we can boldly declare your plan, your purpose, uh -huh, and your love uh, in this day and in this hour, Father. We thank you uh, for putting us here on the earth in this nation today. And Father, we thank you that the government is upon the shoulders of your people. Father, we lift up our government in the name of Jesus. We ask for your wisdom and your plan. Uh -huh. And we come against uh, the demonic forces that are trying to bring division, that are trying to bring hatred, that are trying to bring death in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is against you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we pray that every believer will walk in the light as you are in the light. That there'll be such a unity and such a coming together. That this is the greatest days of your church. And these are the greatest days of your glory upon the earth. And this is the greatest hour, our finest hour. Father, we thank you. We pray for every spiritual leader in the name of Jesus Christ. For your anointing, increased anointing, and utterance, words. Father, speaking out mysteries and secrets, giving you access, access to, the, to your church. Uh -huh. Glory in your church, manifestations in your church, demonstrations in your church. We thank you for signs and wonders and miracles and a mighty outpouring of your spirit. Uh -huh. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 If you really want to praise Him right, you have to be born again. Uh, you have to have received the blood of Jesus, what the blood did for you, if you really want to praise Him right.
If you really want to praise Him right, then you need to receive the fullness of His Spirit. That you say, I don't just want a little, but I want as much as you want to give me. I want to be completely filled and flooded with you yourself. I want everything. If you've got it, I want it. Amen. Amen. Well, if you're here this morning online or in person and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you did receive Him, but uh, you got distracted, let other things come in and crowd out your relationship with Him, uh, uh, you know, your fellowship with Him. Maybe you are a child of God, but you've walked away. He didn't leave you, but you walked away from Him. And you know in your heart, I want to come back. I don't want to live alone. I don't want to live apart. I want to live right in your presence. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand online or in person. I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. The Bible says, as many as received Jesus, to them he gave the right to be God's children. When you receive him, you receive the Father. When you receive the Son, you receive the Father. You cannot receive the Father without the Son. God is a good God. And He does good. You cannot come to God based on what you have done. A lot of people, I talk to people sometimes and they're like, well, I know I've done enough good things so God will accept me. Or as soon as I clean my life up, then I'm going to turn my life to God. No, come just the way you are. Come just as you are. Come by the blood of Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a few seconds here. When I do, I want you to uh, pray that prayer with me from your heart. And just as, you know, a Carpenter translated in his uh, paraphrase there, you know, I think the best way to act from your heart is to figure out where do I forgive? Where's my forgiver? Right? If I'm going to, if I'm going to really forgive Dave... For all the bad things. <clears throat> Dave's is such a blessing. But if I'm going to forgive, or if I'm going to ask you to forgive me, it's a heart action. It's from the heart. With the heart, man believes. So that's where you believe, that's where you receive. Uh, let's pray. Say this with me if you'd like to receive Jesus, or if you already have, you can say it in agreement with those who are receiving right now. Just say this. Say, oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son that he died on the cross and shed his blood to redeem me, to make me right with you, to bring me back close to you. Jesus, I receive you right now. I take you to be my Lord and my Savior. I'm going to live for you every day I'm not living for myself anymore in Jesus name amen praise the Lord we just prayed that prayer you've just been made a new creature in Christ old things have passed away look and see everything's new uh, just check down on the inside